Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. I know I will not have this forever, but I promise you the next person to hold it earns it because our time is now because the champ is here yeah i'm not sure i know how to answer that uh i've had a lot of people ask what omaha means and uh it's uh, omaha is a um it's a run play that but it could be a pass play <laughs> or a play action pass, depending on uh, a couple of things, the wind, uh, which way we're going, uh, quarter, and uh, the jerseys that we're wearing. So <laughs> it, it varies, uh, uh, really play to play. So uh, that's, uh, there's your answer to that one. up everybody we are back again for the in off the bench podcast and this is our omaha special with dylan delucia tonight we're going to be checking in on dylan we're going to be recapping the super regionals we're going to be breaking down the journey of all eight teams headed to omaha we'll be making our predictions as always and we're going to be pulling back the curtain on the upcoming season eight premiere so big things in store big episode and i want to get right to it so Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week. Not really an interview, but really a check-in with a familiar face and a great guy. Help me welcome on Dylan Delucia. Dylan, my man, thank you for coming on. How are you doing tonight? What is up? How are you guys doing? Man, we're just blessed to have you, my brother. So listen, man, I got a question for you, Dylan. Last time we had you on this very podcast on In Off the Bench, you had not been shipped your most outstanding trophy. So tell me, do you have it now, number one, and where does it sit? Dude, I got it. That thing was heavy. Um. No, I got it back at home. Uh, my mama has that at her house. She put it on like a little pedestal over there. So I was like, oh, you get, like I was gone in Arizona at spring training. And uh, she just set it all up in the house. And I was like, you know what? Just keep it. Just keep it there. Is that the best trophy you've ever won? Individually, not yeah. talking teams. Uh, I mean, yeah, 100%. There's nothing compares to it. Uh, I mean, I got the MVP of Jupiter in uh, high school. But no, nah, that that this trophy doesn't compare to anything. I mean, this is just a big, big accomplishment. Definitely a big blessing. Absolutely. If you, you had to give one back, the national championship okay. ring or that trophy, which one would you give back? Uh, they could keep the ring. <laughs> <laughs> they, could, 
they can keep uh, the ring. Oh my goodness! Would you expect an answer, any kind of a different answer from Dylan? He keeps it real. Yeah, yeah fair enough. So I do yeah, have to ask you. On that same note, it used to be called the MVP trophy, and then they changed it to the MOP trophy. Does it matter to you what it's called? Dude, as long as it says most outstanding or most valuable, that's all that matters. <laughs> right. Well, not to like get on a somber topic off of that, but you just had surgery. So tell us what happened and also tell us kind of what, what the rehab looks like for you. Yeah, uh, I had surgery actually one week ago from today, last Wednesday. Uh, flew to Texas, uh, saw Dr. Meister. Uh, you know, we ended up doing a thing called the hybrid uh, Tommy John surgery. So ended up looking, uh, came out of surgery, everything looked great. We talked about it. And, you know, I'm just excited now to get back into the recovery stage and start rehabbing it. But uh, just kind of during spring training, like my last outing of spring training before season was about to start, uh, I was like in the fourth inning. I had one more inning left and I just kind of felt something getting tighter and tighter. Nothing, no pop or anything like that. Just kind of felt tighter. I mean, I still had my velo, um, but you know, I just, then I kind of shut it down. Didn't go out for the fifth inning. Then I came back in, uh, we rehabbed it for uh, two months, uh, shut it down for a month, but then started rehabbing it. Got back on the mound, got all the way back up on the mound, uh, up to 93, 94, and then just one pitch later, just started aching again. So uh, it was time for an MRI and, you know, just revealed that, hey, just yeah, it was just it's time. You know, I had too many innings under his belt. It was time to just get uh, get a brand new one in my arm. Yeah, 100 percent. So then I'm going to ask you one more question before I, I turn you over to these guys, man. As a guy that's been on the mound, that's been in these moments, did you happen to see – Chase Burns celebration for Tennessee after that 102 mile an hour seed and back to back case. So the funny part is I saw it this morning, actually, literally I was scrolling through, I was scrolling through Instagram and I was like, and all I see is a big like mouth open. And I was like, okay, what is this? Started watching it. And I thought it was fire. I mean, that it's 102 at the end of the day. Yeah. And the second thing is, is, you know, you getting your guys out of that big jam. Like, exactly. uh, like I'm, I did the same thing at Southern Miss when we were at Southern Miss last year. I didn't, yeah. I didn't go, I wasn't like that, but you know, he taught me about a lot, but his, <laughs> his looked good. His looked really good. Um, but no, like I was sitting there, I gave up that foul ball, foul ball that went, uh, the home run that just ended up going foul next pitch. I caved the dude. I, and it was bases loaded, came off the field. That's what I was doing. I mean, it's one of those things you're just hyping up the crowd, hyping up your team. Yeah, man, it's, it, there's a chance to go to Omaha on the line. And like I said, you've been there. You've been to the top of the mountain, Dylan. So for people that haven't been in the moment, and let's be honest, these Twitter warriors that have a problem with a kid, and, and, and no, no disrespect, but he's a young man, young athlete that just had back-to-back -back Ks to end the inning with, like I said, with a chance to go to Omaha on the line in a hostile environment. I mean, why would anybody have a problem with that, Dylan? I don't understand. You know, I uh, see that was a big thing. Like Coach B said last year, don't get into the Twitter. Don't get into it, like, as a player. So I never really got into it. I mean, uh, I mean, I will say Tennessee, I read a couple. And now I did not like those. <laughs> that's when, that's uh, when I me? started deleting Twitter. Uh, I don't know who it was. No, but it, was it wasn't about, me, bro. It was about 1,000 DMs after that game. But um, I deleted – I think I deleted Instagram and Twitter for, like, two weeks just to get it off my mind and everything. But, no, I mean, yeah, like, that's what I do now. 
Uh, I just don't even look at Twitter and Instagram like what people say. Oh, are we good? Yeah, sorry. No, yeah, I don't even look at Instagram, Twitter, nothing like that. I just keep my head in the game, keep my head down, and, you know, just let my game do the work at the end of the day. Man, that's uh... – Jim, there's no way you could do that. No. <laughs> bro, oh, folk, folks are photoshopping my wife, bro. It's gone to a new level. That's why I need to follow like <laughs> Dylan and get off this joker. Dylan, <laughs> if, if Jim had a good game, he would get on there and there would be one negative comment and that's all he would like surround himself with. He would, he would just sit there for an hour just talking about that one comment. R- Randy and is actually... <laughs> I was say Randy's called me out. He's like, bro, you go looking for the negative comments. He's like, you scroll and try to find the negatives and pull them out. Facts. I know. I saw you. I saw you had my back though, Jim. I saw that on Twitter. Uh, someone said something. I don't know. And I got, I got tagged in it by you first off. So you're the one that brought me into it too. So thank you. And also <laughs> and, F you. Yeah. But, but he got my, but the guy was talking and then Jim just shut it down real quick. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. Okay. I see you. I feel like the people who do the algorithms for Twitter, they like, they go, hey guys, y'all want to see something funny? And they just throw negative <laughs> comments at Jim just so he'll see it, just to, just to see what will happen. Oh, we got to start. I think I should just start doing that, making some, some fake Twitter accounts and doing it myself. <laughs> don't, don't do it. I got enough problems. Leave me alone. This is going well. I like it. <laughs> All right, I, t- I tell you, I tell you what, Daniel, I, I got to make this comment. If you do that, I will not see you in New Orleans in a couple weeks. How about that? How about that? Sheesh. How about? No, I, don't, I don't know if that's like a blessing or it's like a bad thing. Like, no. I, don't, I don't know. Let's be clear. You need me to babysit you. Let's be clear, okay? Uh, yeah, true. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we love a remember, good babysitter. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. But Dylan, we brought you on really to, to kind of get an idea of, of where you're at and your progress. Um, when can we look for you doing your thing again? What's what's the timeline? Do we know? Or what is your yeah. time? Yeah, no, I started doing rehab today. Uh, I got out of the whole sling and everything. So I'm able to, I got some motion back in my arm. Um, we're looking. At eight, I think like six, seven months until I start throwing again. And then they said I should be fully back by this time next year, uh, throwing in games again. Uh, they said now, they said anywhere between 12 and 14 months, but they said I should make an appearance next year uh, in the middle of the season. Nice, nice. Well, a lot of, a lot of things to look forward to. I know it's a, a, a slow progress, but it looks like you're headed in the right direction, man. Yeah, you know, keeping a positive mindset about it. And, you know, it's just now I get to fix a lot of things. My body, I get to fix the way I eat. I get to fix the way how I pitch now. I could break down a lot more things, and I have the time on my hand to where I can fix everything I want to. You get to, you get to be a student of the game again. That's, uh, that's yeah, not often that you get to take a step back and slow things down and do that, but. Speaking of, speaking of the game, speaking of watching games, there's a lot of big games this weekend, man. We, we brought you on one to, to get you and, and get an update on you. But secondly, we want, we want to see who you got this weekend. So 
Oh. Um, dude, we want to recap that uh, I won the last week's picks with Evan Russell as our guest, or no? Nah, we just want to, we want to slide on by that. Slide past that. I mean, that's so, yeah. Congratulations, congratulations, man. Good yeah. next, next subject. I'm the most <laughs> outstanding player of way last to, week. Way to go, man. Way <laughs> to go. No, I'll give you this: five of eight of your preseason picks to go to Omaha are going to Omaha. Congratulations, man. Over <laughs> over fifty percent of the field. You you are. The best of the best. <laughs> You're so good at picking at the beginning of the season who's going to be there at the end. That's- I'm so I'm so good at this that I didn't go put my parlay in Sunday, and then it covered, and I would have won twenty three hundred dollars. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that <laughs> philosophy when we do picks because I, I have a theory here. Um, but Dylan, the two brackets you're looking at bracket one. TCU, Oral Roberts, Florida, Virginia. Bracket two, LSU, Wake Forest, Stanford, Tennessee. Um, yeah. At the, first, the second bracket's tough. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it's easy to say that that second bracket is just powerhouses um, with a, a Pac-12 team in there. And then yeah. the first bracket, I think, actually, is probably going to be a lot more competitive than people think. Um but I think I don't know, man. It's it's hard to see. We'll 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 get through this. It's a tough we'll one. It's a tough one. Let's let's start with TCU and Oral Roberts. Dude, so, the Oral Roberts is a dream team right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, man. So TCU has now become pretty hot as the the season kind of worked its way to the end, and here they are. They're one of the hottest teams, playing very good baseball at the right time but they're matched up with a team that's been hot all season. And I think they fly under the radar because of the conference they play in and the name that's on their Jersey. But, you know, Oral Roberts has won 50 games. So it's, it's no surprise that they're where they're at to me. Um, But here's the thing. They, people are going to say what they've been saying about Oral Roberts. Well, let's see when they play somebody big. Let's see when they play somebody good. Well, here they are. At the, the the biggest stage that they can play in, they got TCU. Who are you taking, Dylan, in that matchup, TCU or Oral Roberts? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna go with the team from Texas on this one. Uh, TCU definitely. I just think you know they're hot at the right time. You know, yes, yeah, so Oral Roberts been hot all season, but I'm sorry, like it's a big thing when you get on that stage. You know, it's one of those things like you played Oregon last week. You know, not a lot of fans. While you come to the College World Series, you know, you're going to get a lot of pressure. And, you know, I think TCU, I think, will handle that pressure very well. And I think they capitalize on pressure, too. Let me ask you this. I was going to say, I was going to ask something. Go ahead. So, obviously, going through the SEC and playing the competition through an SEC schedule and conference tournaments and then regionals and super regionals, is Omaha – that much different than SEC play? Fan base? Or just the atmosphere and just like the pressure and just like the moment? Not really. Like when, now it depends where you play at, you know, Uh, obviously you go to South Carolina, stuff like that, you know, where they don't get a lot of fans, but they get a decent, Um, you know, you go to like Tennessee, LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, you go to those schools, it's like you're playing at the College World Series every weekend because of how many fans they get. So the atmosphere is always there. 
now college receivers, you're just competing for a lot more. So you have a lot more on your mind, but I mean, the fans are there in the SEC. So like, there's like, that's why, like when I say last year, I was so prepared for it, throwing in the SEC for the college World series. When I got to throw in that game, I didn't, I usually have jitterbugs. I didn't have jitterbugs. Like I was a little nervous at the beginning, but as soon as the game started, everything washed out because it was just like I was throwing an SEC game again. Yeah, that, that was the thing I was going to go with, Daniel, because you brought up – or he brought up Oregon and, and the crowd. And I was going to ask Dylan, you know, just how appreciative he was to do it Swayze. Because to Randy's point, a shout-out to all these teams um, setting new attendance records. Like, they, I mean, they're they're doing what they need to do with the thing. But when their facilities – their attendance record is 4,300. And, you know, that's a midweek game at Ole Miss, right? Like, so, like, you know, how appreciative does it make you that you got to play at Swayze with that kind of crowd on the regular – yeah, no, I, I was so appreciative because, like, when I got to pro ball, <laughs> he threw in front of two fans. <laughs> and I was sitting there. I was and they were like, your oh, parents, right? <laughs> no, no, someone else's. I was like, dude, no. But, no, yeah, I mean, definitely you're so appreciative of of, of Ole Miss and their fans and Swayze's. Um, I mean, it was it was insane what they brought and the amount of energy they've always brought and they always stuck by you. So it was always a, like a blessing to have that because it did prepare me for a lot. Gotcha. So, Jim, on the same the same line, TCU and Oral Roberts. What's your what's your take? Who you, who yeah, you take? no, what he was talking about, and it's it's very you know similar to what Ole Miss did last year, right? I mean, TCU's won seventeen of eighteen. They got hot at the right time. They're swinging the stick. And, you know, Oral Roberts is a great story, but, I mean, how can you pick against a team that's just on fire and, and didn't play in a lower conference? They've been playing the best of the best along the way, including knocking out Arkansas, who almost everybody had in Omaha. So, you you, you got to roll TCU. Randy, who you got? Yeah, along those same lines. I mean, Oral Roberts, I think if there's a team that's hotter than TCU right now, I think TCU, like you said, won 17 out of 18. But Oral Roberts just had a 21-game win streak snap. They've still won, I think – 23 out of 24. I mean, so you're talking about these are the two teams that are not going to get probably the least amount of attention in Omaha, but they're the two hottest teams that are there. And either one of them can beat any of these other teams on the right night. But I'm going TCU just because I think they have a little bit more in the tank. Uh, yeah. Dan, Daniel, let me ask you a question. You're in Omaha, right? We always talk about the grow of the game. And, and because he was talking about least amount of attention, if you look at ticket prices, right? So it costs you at least $200 to watch Tennessee LSU. You can go watch TCU or Roberts for like $23. How do you not want to go in there and watch two teams who are playing to, to make it to the championship for $23? You don't get better. You can go watch the, that's cheaper than the Redbirds. Yeah. For 23 bucks after I've already. Got there, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna drop that. I'm there to watch. That's baseball. why I'm going for sure. I mean, when will you ever most likely get a chance to see a, a, a four seed come in there and beat TCU? Because that's what's <laughs> boys. So Oral Roberts, I I have decided that um, after TCU beat Indiana State. Um, I don't really care to see them win anymore. And I've been on the Oral Roberts train as of late, so I'm going to stay on the Oral Roberts train. So I got them, and I think they're about to to make some noise. Are you going to tell our upcoming guest from TCU, Austin Davis, how you said you don't care about them winning anymore? I will. I'll say, look here, Austin, let me, let me explain something to you. 
How did that loss to Oral Roberts feel? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you to that. That'll okay. be in the script. Yeah. Do that. All right. So that that brings us to Florida and Virginia. So, Dylan, now Florida and Virginia. Let me tell you something about Florida. Nobody on this podcast really cares about Florida, and I'll be honest. I don't really care about Virginia because I've been saying I don't think they're that good. And every every weekend so far, they've proven me wrong. But I still don't think they're very good. So given that the Gators win part of the SEC regular season, they run through their regional, they win a super regional, really convincingly. It Easily. wasn't even – yeah, it wasn't even a, – a, a, a task for them um, in two games versus a team like Virginia who has the clout, has the, the ability to be in Omaha every year, and now they're going up against the, a Gator team that's, that's playing really well. Who who would you take? Yeah, I, I, you know, actually I watched the Virginia game last weekend. I was sitting there in the hotel. I mean, I was kind of bedridden, so I couldn't really do anything. I turn on the game, and uh, I do. I just love the way Virginia swings the bat, and you know, I'm I'm gonna ride with Virginia on this one. I really like the way they swing it, you know, and you know the way they pitch it too. I mean, their pitch their pitch selections are like really good. So I'm a I'm a ride with Virginia on this one. Jim, Virginia, Florida, who you got? Oh, man, I hate this. And that's the only pick I got wrong last week because I refused to pick Florida. And as Randy said, he picked Florida because he likes being right more than he likes hating Florida. I can't get past their pitching at this point. They're that damn good. And for that reason, I'm going to say words that you've never heard before. I got Florida. Wow. Randy, who are you taking? You got the Gators too? I cannot remember the guy's name, so just forgive me. But the Virginia pitcher gave the second best live interview I've ever seen. And he was talking about the Dippin' Dots, and he almost took Dippin' Dots. The first, the best interview I've ever seen was Dylan Delusia after the Tennessee game. But Steve that's a story Steve for shop. another day. <laughs> <laughs> but it, Dylan, I sorry, I had, to, I had I to throw that, that in. Coming. <laughs> but uh, that's also why you deleted Twitter and Instagram. Anyway, so, but uh, I do think that, and it's more than just Florida's pitching to me. I think they have the best shortstop in the country. I think that Rivera is absolute money cags. I mean, go all the way down the line. They're just, they're as good as advertised. And for these reasons, give me the Cavaliers, because I do think they're that good. Like Dylan yeah. said, I think they're swinging a hot bat. Their pitching is hot when they need it to be. When you look at their pitching numbers overall, that team's got some arms in there. They got a lot of bats, but they got arms when they need it. Give me Virginia in the upset, baby. Here's the thing I'll tell you, like Randy, it. because we're, I not like picking, it a lot. we're not picking on down the road. If they do get past Sproat, um, whoever gets Waldrop in the loser's bracket, get ready to go home. No, I agree. Yeah. The, the staff is deep. Sure. And, you know, no cags in there. And if he's having a good day, that's, he's, he's – I'm just, I'm just saying, the, the loser of TCU or Roberts, if Florida, in fact, loses, they better go ahead and pack their bags because Waldrop is dealing – well, he he's got to be the guy that that was throwing lights out against South Carolina because if he's not, then they're they're suspect in my <laughs> opinion. So y'all know that with Oral Roberts, yeah. Well, did you guys know Waldrop was at Southern Miss last year? Oh yes. yeah. yeah, Ole Miss definitely knows that. I mean, yeah, we knew. I knew. Unbelievable. You did say that to Dylan. You do realize they smoked them in Super Regional. Smoked them fools. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Randy. I bring that up to ask you, 
would he have made a difference for Southern Miss? In this Let me tell you something, Daniel Ball. He would have made no difference because we took Tanner Hall to the woodshed. Zane didn't. He looks 12. He hits balls 380, 400. I'm glad they changed his nickname because, you know, they were calling him the Babyface Killer, which is the name I gave Brady Tiger. They now call him the Babyface Assassin. I'm glad they got off that because I had copyright infringement ready to go. Thank you, Alabama, for not knowing what to do with an all-SEC Zane Denton. We sure know what to do with him. Put him on third, put him in the middle of the lineup, and he just drops bombs. Hey, they're like, oh, look at this little guy coming up here. Kaboom. Yeah. I I, uh, I was impressed uh, by Florida, and I, I hate to say that, but I, I was impressed by them this past weekend. Um, they hung tough in the game, first game, and, and – won it and they really just on the mound just dominated game two but they had timely hits they had home runs when they needed it they had great pitching so i mean they they done it all so i i think they're going to continue the trend i think they beat virginia that's that's my pick that brings us to wake forest the number one overall seed in stanford wake forest can pitch it can swing it for sure. Stanford is that team that you look up every year and they're in Omaha. You don't know how they got there. You don't know who they played, but there they are once again. Here they are again, uh, taking on the number one overall seed Wake Forest. Dylan, who are you taking? Dude, I'm going underdog. I'm going underdog. I like Stanford. I mean, they've, they've had a lot of rough times at Omaha, in Omaha, especially last year and stuff. You know, I I really do think this year they turn it around, and I think they win that first game. You know, I don't think they win at all. I don't. I think they kind of end up coming short again, but I definitely think they win this first game. I think they come out hot. Let me let me, let me tell you something. Did, you may you may not have got a chance to watch them play, but they give up a, a lot of a leads. They give up a lot of leads, and a team like Wake Forest, if you give up a lead, you're not going to get it back. I watched. I watched Wake Forest. I know. I know. I saw it. I saw it. But I, 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 I like I like Stanford. I, I, I do like your your underdog story and like the feel good. I, I got it. It's Omaha. Like that's, that's just I got it. Like I, I feel it. So yeah, for since me, I didn't take Oral Roberts, I got to take someone else. You know, I got to take go. another. So you're going to go with Stanford. Well, <laughs> I'm going with Stanford. So instead of taking a team that's won 50 games that really probably has the best shot to beat the team that they're playing. You're going to take the team, the worst team in the field against the best. I like yeah, it. 100%. That's just, that's okay. some Ole Miss stuff from last year right there. That's what we like. Underdog stories. Dylan living in the past, Delusia. Man, that, that's, <laughs> that is good stuff. Good stuff. I Obviously, you can tell I'm, I'm not a proponent for Stanford. I'm taking Wake Forest. Jim, who are you taking? First, I got a question. I think everybody takes. Yeah, well, I got a question. Everybody takes Wake Forest. Quinn Matthews threw 158 pitches for Stanford. Me and Daniel were having this discussion earlier. For you, Dylan, can you go on six days rest after throwing 158 pitches? You personally? Not right now. Shit, I I, I basically did it in Omaha. I threw threw 126, and then I threw – 
113 complete game versus Arkansas. Well, you're, I think your greatest achievement was in Baton Rouge throwing 40 pitches and the, the weather delay and then coming back the next day and actually shoving it down our throat. That was actually more impressive. But so, um, I mean, look, but look what happened. <laughs> it's also what's in his future. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I just asked that because he's a he's a pitching possibility. Uh, no, I actually went to Winston Salem and watched them play. Dylan, um, we've had four guests on that show. They are actually all the dudes who hit all the bombs. Rake Force is going to absolutely tee off because Stanford's pitching is only decent, and they're going to have Rhett Louder on the mound, who is fifteen and zero on the season. I think they absolutely demolish him. It could be similar because Dylan brought it up to the seventeen to two beating they took from Arkansas to start Omaha last year. Yeah, even that that makes, that makes the story even better for you, Dylan. Is there? They have the opportunity to give a dude his first loss. Yeah, it does it makes everything so much better? I mean, I'm uh, you know it, I'm not praying on the downfall, but there it is. <laughs> there you go, Randy. Who are you taking? So I, I'm taking Wake, and I'm going to tell you why. For one, Stanford probably shouldn't even be there. Ball gets lost in a crappy lighting out there in California. Oh, no, but, no, no, don't do that because game one they gave away. Here we go. Away. Don't do that. The so game listen, one they gave away. They, no, Texas, it was a great hit. It was they great got hit. great hit. They got five runs on one hit, three walks. This is my monologue here. Wake Forest, let me read some numbers to you. You know I'm a numbers guy. They averaged nine and a half runs a game. That's fourth in the country. They're 309 batting average, 19th in the country. And let's just get to Stanford. Jim, you said they were decent. They're not even that. They Their ERA as a staff is 5.75. That's 130th. Let me tell you another thing. Their fielding percentage on defense, they're mid. They're 112th in the country in d- defensive fielding percentage, 972. I mean, I don't see – look, Stanford scrappy, love the story, perseverance, all that other jazz. But they're running into a team that is focused. They're hot. They're also the best team. They've been the best team for a long time. Wake Forest is gonna. They're gonna absolutely murder Stanford. You know what's funny? If you if you look if you look at who they beat in regional regionals and super regionals, Randy, I actually think they still have no top twenty five victories. If I'm not mistaken, they they don't. (laughs) They had none coming in the postseason because they got the host, and then they got Texas, who wasn't ranked. I I feel like Randy, that was. You were going in hard to set up the, and that's why I'm taking Stanford. <laughs> I, I thought about it. I thought about it. That brings the answer. <laughs> no, man, you done set up this Disney this Disney movie. In oh, your- I'm making that's what Cinderella, baby. This is a Cinderella story. If Stanford wins, though, you got all the receipts. Yep. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll come on here and I'll, I'll tell you I was wrong. I'll give you credit. Uh, Daniel, you got the because you picked Oral Roberts to get here before postseason started. You are the only person in America I can find that did that. I was I was, <laughs> I was getting Oral before it was cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, oh, wow. You, just, you know, you know Oral, Oral like late you night magic. Do that. Okay. Yep. You, know, you know. All right. Tennessee LSU. Um, Dylan, for you, being an Ole Miss guy, it's probably hard to pick any other uh, SEC school, but you gotta you gotta pick between the two. Tennessee is really I don't know. Randy could probably tell you better than I can, but I, I feel like their their pitching is is coming around. The hitting is coming around. They're to me not inconsistent, but not like 
I think it's they're just a different team than what they were last year, and I think people still have that team last year in the back of their head. Um, but LSU is, you know, flat good. They are they can hit it. They got top prospect probably in the draft. I don't I don't see anybody yeah. two two the two yeah. the top it's, prospects in the draft. Yeah, yeah, it's. Those two guys, I, I just I don't see anybody going. Maybe, maybe, but two top prospects, and and one of them is going to be on the bump. The other one's going to be playing. So, I'll ask you, man, who 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 you like, Tennessee or LSU? Ah, uh, I'm taking LSU. Uh, I really like LSU, you know, and especially with uh, with them on the bump. I mean, dude, he he looks good. He, I mean, he looks. Looks great. Just to be clear, I, think Daniel, he, I think this is where he excels. He excels here. Yeah, no, uh, just to, just to be clear, Dylan, he he went – me and Randy were there when Tennessee and LSU played this year in the regular season. He went seven innings, only gave up one earned run with 12K. So, uh, I feel like uh, he's definitely ready to do it again. I think Tennessee's out in two. Sheesh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, I already beat LSU, so I don't really care. Me, me and Randy just did a just did another show before we came on here. I already picked LSU. He knows what my score is and everything. I'm done. <laughs> Man, I I guess since you guys are the are the fans here, I'll go ahead and pick mine and get it out of the way. Um, given what I saw in Super Regional, I think. Tennessee is starting to figure out who they are. I think they're they have a small chip on their shoulder, and I think they're going to win. I do. I think Tennessee is going to win. Give me Tennessee. Wow! Yep. Wow! You got a horrible bracket. Wow! <laughs> Says the guy that picked Stanford. Oh, so, okay. At least I at least I could fill out a bracket. Oh, mm. uh, mm. you know, you know, I I got an oil change today, and they're like, "Hey, can you please sign?" I was like, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> I grabbed the left hand. I was like, "This." And she was like, "Uh, never mind, never mind. You could just go." I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> that that was actually funny, Daniel. When I got the uh, the Bell Smith sent me the Pico Cone Bell after we had him on, or Pico Con after we had him on. Uh, he signed it with his offhand, and his mom told me he goes that that's an extra special one because you got an offhanded signature. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a rare, it's a rare one. Collectors edition. All right, collectors. Jim, Randy, who's going? Who's going first here? Uh, Jim can go last because he's he's got some. Well, we already know each other's picks. Listen, when you talk about a Cinderella story, when you talk about a team that mimics the old Miss team of last year, a team that even had a v- exact same record 15 games into the SEC schedule this year at 5-10, a team that's getting hot at the right time, that's persevered through a lot of weather delays like Ole Miss did last year in Coral Gables and Hattiesburg, same kind of thing happened, marathon games, huge hits and big moments, and elite pitching, just like Dylan DeLucia did last year between Chase Dolander, Drew Beam, Chase Burns, Camden, all these guys. This is the team. I I feel like if there's a team that mirrors what Ole Miss did last year, it is this Tennessee team. Came in this year, ranked in the top three in almost everybody's polls, fell out at one point, kind of made their way back in. This, This Tennessee team is it. Battled a lot of adversity, 
but here they are in the final eight. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, Jim, here's your chance. Rebuttal. I just, I just think it's a shame that you all got to be wrong. Um, dude. Who's Paul, wrong? Paul, oh, Every, everybody's right, right us, I, took, us, I took LSU. Okay, well, he was sitting there like, you know, giving Randy all the head nods or whatever. No, uh, you know. I was giving the head nods back because he was, you know, he, he hyped me up for his sex. I was like, Paul Skeens is going to absolutely shove it down their throat, dude. And LSU is going to take care of business again. I'm, I'm not worried about this at all, Daniel. You know, I've thought about it a lot. And yeah, it's just, I even picked a repeat score the first time they matched up. I'm going, I'm going with a 5 2 victory. You know, I might even pick the same guy for a bomb. I'm I'm, I'm going to go Gavin Dugas, the five-year senior, the go-ahead bomb. Just lock it all up. Randy, I'll, I'll ask you the question. What is What does Tennessee have to do to beat those guys? Get Paul Skeens out of the game. Simple as that. Uh, I don't think you're going to hit him out of the game. you got to get him out on a pitch count or something. But like I said on the earlier pod, Jay Johnson has proven that he'll throw Paul Skeens into the 120s probably even into the 130s in Omaha. But if Tennessee can get to that suspect bullpen, game on, baby, because I like Tennessee's arm depth a lot better. Daniel, I'll tell you this. We were talking about upcoming guests. Um, you, you know, I said you got to talk to Austin Davis. Well, episode one is Andrew Lindsay, the starter for Tennessee. And I can't wait, episode one, to bring up how LSU put up a five spot on him. You know what I'm saying? Do you realize, Jim, that we could start season eight, and I'm giving everybody a little sneak peek behind the curtain of season eight episode one we could start with a potential national champion you can with one two and three they're all in the field i mean it's 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 crazy crazy great job man getting guests yeah, i appreciate it you lit it up man all right let's let's look at bracket one now we got to get down to the nitty-gritty here dylan Bracket one, TCU, Oral Roberts, Florida, Virginia. You obviously have TCU beating Oral Roberts in, in the mm-hmm. first game. So it's going to be really hard. I don't think you're going to take Oral Roberts to lose the first one and come out of the bracket. So who are you taking, TCU, Oral Roberts, Florida, or Virginia, to win that bracket? I, I think so. I think the way Florida set up and everything, I, I really like Florida winning that bracket. Uh, I think they will. I think they lose the first game. I do. Uh, I just like the way Virginia plays, but I think their pitching comes back along and I think that their hitting comes back along. And, you know, I think they end up, you know, making a little miracle run after that first game. Wow. Okay. All right. Let me flip it on you. Bracket two, LSU, mm-hmm. Wake Forest, Stanford, Tennessee. Who's coming out of bracket two? That's a that's a see that's just the hardest bracket. I mean, you got powerhouse teams that are just sheesh. Dude, I don't know. I'm thinking, repping it right now. I mean, you, uh, you, you know, got I'm in Stanford two. and LSU winning two. game one. I'm 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 in between two. I really am. I'm in between. You know, Tennessee. I think they could. They have a potential chance of coming back. I do. Um, but I really do like LSU. Uh, I don't think Stanford, like I said earlier in the podcast, I don't think Stanford makes it. I think they win that first game. I don't think they go on though. Um, I, I think I think LSU. I think LSU goes to the to the championship. I'd really do. All right, Jim. 
Bracket one, TCU, Oral Roberts, Florida, Virginia. Who's coming out? Just to be clear, he picked a rematch of the 2017 College World Series where Florida, unfortunately, beat LSU. Just want to bring that up. Um, give me TCU because I picked Florida to win one game, but I can't do any – I can't pick them to, to go. I just can't. It hurt It hurt my mouth too much to even say. All right. Bracket two, LSU, Wake Forest, Stanford, Tennessee. Who you got? LSU. LSU. Um, that was quick. Yeah. I mean, do you see the posters behind me? Damn it. Yeah, you see, you're wearing all purple. <laughs> I got a, I got, I got a Trey Morgan in <laughs> off the bench shirt on. I got an LSU hat. I got LSU posters. But hey, your ball is signed in the middle of that center case, so feel feel great. I, I better be in the middle. <laughs> all right, Randy. TCU Oral Roberts, Florida, Virginia, Florida. I like it. I like it a lot. Did that hurt at all to say? Yeah, I don't. It didn't feel like a little beclimped right now. <clears throat> all right, bracket two: LSU, Tennessee, West. Tennessee, oh. industry. Oh. Here we go. Come on. Here we go, Dylan. We go. If there's one thing we can value in Omaha, it's arms, baby. Nobody other than I think than, it's, I other think than it's Tennessee and LSU. I think I, it's I Tennessee no, versus I, LSU. One hundred percent agree with you. I just think that if you get past Paul Skeens. Give me Tennessee staff all day, every day. He's like the best idea. pitcher I in like the country. Yep. All right. I like it. For me, y'all know where I stand. It's Oral Roberts till I die. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Oral Roberts coming out of bracket okay. one. Give me Wake Forest coming out of bracket two. And I'm I'm shocked that you guys don't believe in Wake Forest. Y'all, y'all getting blinded by your best teams. I don't believe in Wake Forest. I just think the SEC is there. I just I, do. I, I, I value and pride myself on being right, and I picked Mississippi State in 2021 preseason. I picked Ole Miss in 22-22 preseason, and I picked LSU. They're going to call me Nostradamus after this shit because I'm going to go three for three since we started this podcast preseason. You need, you know, you need a, you should have put a parlay in. Jeez. Oh, don't, don't, let, no, 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 no. I do got to bring that one up. I do got to bring that one up. No, I do got to bring that one up because you guys don't even know about that. Dylan, I got a friend, Casey, before college baseball season started, he knows nothing about it. He goes, give me, give me who you would bet on. Look at the odds. Anyway, you and Tennessee were both a plus uh, 2,500 at the time because it wasn't right when the season started. It was after a few weeks. And anyway, he only bet Tennessee and didn't bet Ole Miss, and Ole Miss went on. And I said, "Dude, I said bet both of them." Well, there's that. Sheesh. All right, there's that. Well, ten- well, Tennessee got mainly won by Notre Dame. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new, it's a new year. We're we're not dwelling on the past. This is. This I just want to say the now. I just want to say it. I just want to say it. All right, Dylan, we got to get down to a champion. Florida, LSU, who you got? Dude. This hurts to say. I think they get – I think uh, – it depends if he comes back. after uh, If he comes – For the first know, time in those... college baseball history, the World Series has ended in a tie. No, he, he's saying if Paul Skeens – if he's saying if Skeens – If Skeens comes back, back, yeah. Because 100% coming one, back. Yeah. Why would he not? No, I'm saying, does he come back for that game one? I think he, yes. If he comes back for game one, then yes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, but I'm, a, I'm a ride with LSU. I really, am. I, if he comes back game one, they win the College World Series. 
Um, you know, it could be like a, hey, he had to throw like I did last year on Arkansas, and they got to go to a game three. Then it's like, oh, you know, they could lose the first two games of UF. Like, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's one of those things like, hey, like I was down the first game we ended up winning. So I had all the weight lift off my shoulder last year. And the second game, you know, honestly, if the catcher didn't get mis- mixed up, we probably, you know, glad it didn't turn out that way. We'd probably lose that game, though. I mean, two runs came in because the catcher got mixed up last year. Um, and I'm sitting there and I was – Coach B looked at me last year and in the middle of the inning. He's like, hey, get ready for tomorrow. I was putting my cleats on to go throw a flat ground that game, that inning. Him and, and, him and Nolan, him and Nolan was the best pitching showdown of the entire postseason, hands down. Yeah, sure. But I mean, if you if you get back him, if you get him back, I, LSU wins it. Yes, I do. You just have to get him back. We're All pitching right, schemes definitely. every game, Daniel. Every game. All right, would Joe. not surprise me. There's gonna be. I can a, see it. I can see it. <laughs> there's a lot of purple in your championship game here, Jim. TCU, LSU, who you got? LSU, man. Till I die. Wow. You just like purple. What a homer pick that is. That's a cool pick. What, Way so to make an what, was, I supposed to do? what was I supposed to do? What? You just want to copy me. R- Randy's going to do the same thing. So. <laughs> You're Cause damn right. Because nothing no means nothing, brother. <laughs> That's right. Nothing means nothing. And there's no way in hell that you – could come back on this podcast or even show your face if you didn't pick Tennessee over Florida. Let me tell you something right now, brother. Tennessee's beating Florida in two. It's over in two. Just remind everybody that Florida, Florida swept swept Tennessee effortlessly in the regular season, but it's neither. Did, did they? Did they, Jim? Yeah. No, they did not. No sweeps. Let me. They got no. no. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. All right. We only got we got swept by Arkansas and Missouri, bro. That's it. Damn, Missouri. Missouri. Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> he said, Damn. Speaking of sweeps, it was a good visit to Oxford. But anyways, hey. what I was saying was <laughs> what I was saying was Tennessee, You're right. Y'all got y'all got game three, 14 to two. Y'all actually run ruled. You're correct. Run ruled them. We did. But I got Tennessee, and again, it's just going to be on the depth. I think that they're going to. I think Tennessee drops a game somewhere, and that's where the bullpen is going to come into play. And I think that Tony Vitello, Frank Anderson, Elander have more arms at their disposal than any team, probably not named Wake Forest, that you trust. All right, so for me, I got Oral Roberts, Wake Forest, and Jim. I got to ask you a couple questions. <laughs> when you have thought about betting parlays and you did not bet them, what ended up happening? Oh, I know where you're going with this. They they happened. Correct. They win. What, no, he's going somewhere this, Dylan. It what, hurts. what did you – at the beginning of the season, we talked about betting one team to win it all. Who was that? Wake Forest, who was getting did, a ridiculous plus 4,000. Let me ask you this. Did wait, you ever this put, year? Yes. They were not we they were not ranked highly like we got them. And so Jim, did you did you ever make that bet on Wake Forest? Y'all never sent me the money. So so you don't trust so what you're saying is in the 30 years that I've known you, you don't trust me to send you money when you make I, a bet for me. I do. I just didn't think y'all were serious about making the bet because y'all didn't send me the money. You know, but long story short, did you end up making a bet? 
No, so let me ask you this. If Wake and, Forest wins it all, are you going to throw it in my face that we're not splitting four grand? Of course I am. Yes, I would. I'm going to come up $2,000 worth of, of shit talking from it. Sure. <laughs> You know you what know. the worst part is? I told Nick Kurtz, our last Wake Forest guest, that I made the bet. I, I just flat lied. Mm. <laughs> so, so for me, it's it's Wake Forest. It's a team that I've had ranked number one for the whole season. It's a team that I believed at the beginning when we were getting odds that I thought they were good enough to win it, and. It, they're showing why they're good enough to win it. So for me not to stick with them, that would just be silly. So I'm I'm taking Wake Forest. Number one overall seed. No, no Oral? No Oral Roberts? So first time since 1999, you say, Daniel, the number yep. one overall seed is going to take it. That's right. This will be lifted. Hey, it's, it's, it's done. Because there's a lot of times where you guys ask me about that, and what do I tell you? I just tell you. I, win games. Be number one. Doesn't matter. It don't matter. It's harder than you think. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I don't. I don't have a, a a national championship as a player, so I I don't I don't know what it's like to win one. But I, I can only imagine it is very difficult. Baseball is probably the hardest sport to win at all, and to to stay consistent over time and to be the one of the best teams, if not the best team, throughout this course of the regular season and continue it through postseason. Almost impossible task, but the Demon Deacons are up for it. So that's what I got. <laughs> All right, Jim, anything for Dylan before we cut him loose? No, nah, man, I'll see him. Uh, I'll see him in July in New Orleans. We we got we can talk about anything off air. <laughs> Randy, yeah, anything for Dylan? <laughs> Speedy recovery, my brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate yes, it, sir. Dylan, anything you need to plug or promote? Where can people you know, keep up with you, man? I know you're a busy dude. You, I know. I need. I need to get back on Instagram, and start posting some stuff. I haven't been up to anything lately. Uh, but you know, I don't know. You Everybody, posted you know, getting drafted. That was that was all you needed to do. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, I mean, I'm just enjoying life at the high right now. You know, I mean, just trying to get healthy though, and we're pretty close. We'll be there pretty soon. Pretty soon, you know. Right now, Jim's throwing harder than me, so but I think I can still throw harder yeah, than him. I, I probably right. still can't throw harder than you. I'm just gonna keep it honest. <laughs> well, um, also Tennessee fans that really hate. I uh, just want to throw that one out there again. Uh, they're very rude. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a story. This is story time with Dylan. Thank story you for time coming to his Don't. TED talk. Do, do not do not uh, piss off. Tennessee fans, I, they will yeah, slide in your DMs. That's what I, that's what I'm wondering here. You said you're going to get back on social media just in time to go after Tennessee, who's going to be all over you. Not oh, well I mean, played. Not well played. Not well. Dylan, played. I got I'm your in. back, bro. I think, I say I, something to you. I got you. I think I appreciate Jim's it. Gonna, Jim's going to edit that clip out, and he's going to put it on. No, Twitter. I want him to feel that smoke. Tennessee. I want him to. I want him to feel that smoke. I did. Too Nobody's bad. felt the smoke like Dylan after that. After his interview last year, his dude, that I dude got blown thousands, thousands. All, all I know is, I, hey, I had... Dylan, an Ole Miss fan said that Chase Burns with his throat slash was promoting school shootings. That's how he correlated it. I just want you to know that on Twitter. May, Randy was like, 
we're getting way off topic here. I don't know. I don't know where you're going and how you correlated those two. Um, <laughs> but that's that what is, I look. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's just over. That is no, no, that's not true. No, no. But I will say I had it the worst. I had like three thousand DMs from Tennessee fans all telling me to off myself. Oh my. That's terrible. Like, I had so many of that. And, yeah, I mean, you're sitting here wearing a Tennessee hat, too. Gosh. Hey, look, man, I it wasn't me, Dylan. You came on our podcast after that. I did nothing but give you the love, baby. I gave you the flowers. That is true. That is true. We can't look. I was like, I got the worst, though. You think Jim gets it worse? Sheesh. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It wasn't me, though, baby. I got nothing but love for you. All right, Dylan, dude. We're going to let you run, man, if We'd love to have you back once, you know, we'll let you have some time, get your rehab sessions in. But as you get closer to getting back on the bump, come on, we'll talk about it. I love it. I love it. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. LSU going to win it. Absolutely. That's Dylan Lucia. (laughs) We're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to recap all the Super Regionals. We got so much to unpack, so much to talk about. We'll see you here in a few minutes. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back to the End Off the Bench podcast. We got some super regional coverage to recap because we've done the Omaha predictions, but we never really talked about the journey getting there. So I want to just kind of break down each of the super regionals real quick, kind of talk about those teams, what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like. We'll start with Florida, South Carolina, and I'll be honest, guys, it was Florida dominating on the bump. They had timely hits. They had a couple home runs, but for the most part, they put a guy on the mound both games that just, you know, South Carolina didn't have any answers for. Um, I think it was that time that the injuries and just the the trying to figure it out and trying to piece it together and kind of put pieces here, put pieces there, even though people were, for the most part, healthy. Um, but that takes a toll when you do that. And I think they just kind of ran out of steam. Jim, what do you think? Yeah, same thing. Uh, you know, Sprout and Waldrop did their thing. Uh, you know, we've talked about like solo bombs before, right? Like game one, McGillis hit two solo bombs. Nobody on base. that so just didn't do enough damage, which shout out to him because both those were freaking no doubters if I've ever seen them. Um, you know, Ethan Petri did well all weekend, but he was held to singles, right? You know, he he wasn't making, you know, huge, huge uh, home runs or knocking in a bunch of runs. So, yeah, kept that lineup limit, limited. Uh, Sproat, I felt like they were going to maybe get to him, but he ended up holding it down. And then Waldrop was, I mean, he was just electric. Yeah. Randy, what do you think? You know, unfortunately, I just thought this is the weekend that it kind of came to – fruition for for Florida like they played as good as not not as good but they played as good as you think they would play and I think South Carolina ran out of steam they had been running on emotion the weekend before in the regional played really well but just ran into a buzzsaw and it was ironic 
that they swept Florida in the regular season and then Florida just disposed of them on the talent, man. I mean, we saw them guys on the bump. You guys mentioned it. We saw them Cags do his thing. Rivera was absolutely electric. I mean, just can't say enough about how good they looked, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say that, but they did. Um, moving over to TCU, they handled Indiana State. Um, I think going into this, everyone at first wanted – to put that villain label on TCU, but then they realized how generous that those, the Horn Frog fans and faithful can be. Um, for those that don't know, the, the Super Regional was supposed to be hosted by Indiana State because of the Special Olympics that took precedent and was already scheduled, and I think it's a long-running thing that they have there. Um, they weren't able to host. TCU took over the host site, um, but TCU, I, I can't think, you guys probably know the organization, but long story short, they had an organization, TCU uh, base that donated money to their Special Olympics. So, you know, just a, a good, it's kind of just, you know, growing the game and, and, and doing what's right and, and just being good people. And that's that goes a long way. Um, and it obviously went a long way on the field, too, because TCU just really handled Indiana State. Um, Jim, not the same Indiana State that was the regional winner, but um, nonetheless, they had an opportunity, just couldn't take advantage. Yeah, no, they didn't have that uh, spooky graveyard out in left field to help them. <laughs> um, now, uh, what I will say, um, the team did, um, they did battle. Uh, what impressed me most about Indiana State um, and they talked about it during um, the broadcast. Defensively, they are as good as it gets. And they were talking about their recruitment. Um, they're getting guys from, you know, Central America, you know, guys that aren't maybe necessarily getting looked at. And and so shout out, uh, I, I just blanked on the coach's name off the top of my head, but for being smart, man, right? Because we, we see it in the pros, right, where a lot of these guys are coming from. This guy's actually going there. He's saying forget the States. And he's getting guys who can just flat out ball play defensively. Um, just ran into a buzzsaw at TCU. Um, and shout out to Indiana State because I mean, I didn't know anything about them coming into any of this. And I mean, they were definitely a worthy, worthy adversary. Randy Oral Roberts, um, they had to win two in a row the, the second two games. They gave an eight run lead away to Oregon at Oregon. At that point, did you kind of start counting out Oral Roberts or did you go, all right, like that was kind of, it took some luck and some fluky things to happen for Oregon to get back in the game. You know, obviously they took control and won it, but when you have to win that way, it's almost like, man, like you just tighten up a little bit. It should be two easy victories for you. No, I agree. But Slick, I think that this was the best super regional series of the weekend just the entertainment uh, actually the crowd was pretty good for Oregon I thought especially game three it was loud I mean it made an impact but I was super impressed with Oral Roberts after losing a game like that dropping an eight run lead which was the first was, time it ever happened yeah right first time it had ever happened and for them to come back and win two in a row and then the patience they showed at the plate working pitch counts uh, we saw some you know some you talk about fluky things we said we saw Two Oregon pitchers get hurt in, in the last game. That's unfortunate to see. But Oral Roberts, man, that seems like a team of destiny. I mean, that team's just 
everything they did the last two games just worked. They were small balling. They just stole. Since you bases. brought it up, sh- shout out to the Oregon pitcher who got up after taking one of the dome. I'm gonna um stay down and y'all can carry me out of there. 100. percent That's that's crazy. Yeah, I I agree. I think when you have that winning streak get snapped, you lose that game, and the way you lose it, it's very deflating. But they were able to hop right back on the horse and just keep on trotting because it's like they didn't miss a beat. They, if if Oral was to win this thing, Daniel, I mean that's that's going to be talked about, right? Like because you know the idea that I mean they blew that and did the first time something the first time ever there. So they're already a four seed, who was this story, and then you know lose an eight nothing game, but then come back and bounce back two games on the road, and then if they were to put it together and win it all. Shh, that I hey, Ole Miss talks about their story. That would be a better story. Well, every every team that wins it all talks about there's one moment in the in the season where they're they had to have a little luck, you know, and then this might be it for them. So we'll see. Virginia survives Duke with timely hitting. Um, Jim, what you've been a Virginia proponent all season. Um, they look good. Are they? Do they have a chance to make any any noise? Um, I think they do, but I think it. So Duke won Game One, and um, their 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 Friday night guy. Um, once again, I'm blanking. Um, was tremendous, and they and shout out to the broadcaster for being on top of this. He goes, he literally said, and it's you know it's a neutral party. He says, I just don't know that Duke can still win this series. He says that after Duke takes Game One, he says because their pitching depth versus Virginia's hitting and man was he right if you look at game two and game three Duke pitchers got lit up and um they you know made the most of their moments when they had runners in scoring position had big uh key hits and and the the pitching staff for Duke just couldn't hold it down I don't know if Virginia can do it against arms like Florida um as we did our picks that's why I got Florida but um you know shout out to them getting it done especially with Duke being a hot trendy pick yeah, I mean, Randy and I both picked Duke, and Randy, I I thought after game one, I was like, man, this is this is a good pick. I agree, and it looks like Duke just kind of ran out of gas. I mean, Virginia just tattooed ran the out ball. of they ran out of pitching to to the commentator. Hey, that broadcaster did a lot more studying on Duke Virginia. We did, and he 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 called it right there. Well, no doubt. You want you want to talk about who ran out of gas? Alabama. Alabama just had had no answers for. The home run king of the ACC, Brock Wilkin. And- but shout out to Alabama, though, man. It's going to get lost in all of this, but shout out to them firing their head coach amid a gambling scandal and getting to the super regional, just running into a team that's unbelievable. The, hey, hey, we got to give a shout out to Jason Armstrong's tweet, Randy, who said Wake Forest is going to feel what the SEC is like when they meet Bama. Jason, I love being wrong, Armstrong. <laughs> now, speaking of this, so. I got, I got two points to make here. So Alabama's got to offer him a head coaching job, right? They didn't. They already hired their guy. So do you think it's because he doesn't want to be the head coach or he's got something lined up? Because I feel like that's almost like a slap in the face. Hey, man, we're in a bind. We need you. Take this over. Oh, by the way, you crushed it. You exceeded expectations but oh you're not good enough to be our guy 
especially after the players were obviously advocating for it. Obviously, emotions are high. They want to fight with their guy, Jackson, and all that. And no, to not – I mean, I'm with you. I, I feel like – I don't know what the process was, if he really got a fair shake at the job, but he 100% deserved a serious look at the head coaching job. I, I agree. And, and I, I mean – for, for what they ran into, right? So, first of all, the first game, they kept it close. But, you know, they just they ran into the best team in baseball, right? And so, like, you can't hold that against that coach, you know, the way they left. They they go to Winston-Salem, play Wake Forest. And it didn't matter what, especially game two, it didn't matter what pitcher they threw. I mean, no. uh, Brock's three home runs came on three different pitchers. Like Jason and- Jackson will be back. He, is, he did come back as the associate head coach. And I want to make this this note for any haters that are still any guys that are still haters. Daniel, me me and Randy and Bomb were com- combating this on Twitter. People kept bringing up, even my own people, LSU people, bringing up the dimensions of uh, the couch. And uh, when guys are hitting it at a hundred feet over the fence, the wall and being three hundred doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, hitting them over the tree lines. I mean, all right, let's do this. Let's put no fences. <laughs> and it would it'd still be a home run. The guy would just run around the bases. But, Jim, the second point I, I got to bring up is LSU's pitching coach is leaving. He's becoming the head coach at Georgia. How is he still being able to finish the season? Like, to me, that just seems strange. Um. Yeah, it does seem strange. And – the timing, um, we talk about reporters always wanting to be first, Daniel. Um, I thought it was pretty trashy to release it literally within the hour after winning Super Regionals. Um, couldn't even let that man enjoy success before you put all the business in the street and made it a story. Um, so it was – maybe he had already told the guys. Who knows? We don't know. We're not in that locker room. But if they didn't know – um, you know, it probably took something away from them winning, uh, especially the pitchers who are close to him. But uh, it's it's an awkward situation altogether going down the stretch, but he's being professional about it. But most people say, and Randy's usually more in the know on this stuff, that it was one of those things that he had to jump on it then if he wanted to take it. It wasn't going to be able to wait and see type deal. Which is it's just – it's so silly, like – if that's your guy and it's a not a wait and see deal, then what are you like? What are you doing? Yeah. Well, what what'll be cool is we got you know another teaser for season um, eight. You know we got Charlie Condon who's going to end up being the freshman of the year um, on episode nine, and by that time he will have been there and acclimated himself, and we'll get an idea from him what it's been like having West step in there. The ironic thing about it, though, from all reports, is that West wasn't their first pick, but then they decided that they weren't going to go spend big. So if you're – I'm not saying West isn't the guy. What I'm saying is you're so out front about you didn't want to spend big. Can you really tell – you got all this talent on this team, all this young talent. Is Georgia taking baseball serious enough, or are they just putting all their eggs into the football basket? And I get it. That makes the money. That's what keeps baseball and all these other sports going. I understand. Well, well, I'll I'll be interested to see how it pans out because of everything I've told you two guys, right? I've told you guys that Jay makes a lot of the pitching decisions that that Wes and him have even gotten in – you know, discussions, you know, getting that intel that they they make, you know, they get in a lot of arguments. So it'll be interesting seeing Wes step out from underneath Jay and how he does on his own. And we may find out that, you know, Wes is better than most people think. But that's 
that really validates my point. Why are why are they allowing him to stay there? I mean, if that's the case, and and Jay makes all the decisions, then him being there is kind of not a big big deal. Let him go. Probably the continuity, though. If you're a pitcher, do you want your pitching coach to leave? I mean, if I'm a recruit, do I? I mean, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I think. It's about, keeping, think from it's a, from about keeping it together like I just did when I knocked oh. over one of my four War Room TVs mid-episode. I just think <laughs> well, I just think from a, a Georgia standpoint, I don't want you to go and win a national championship. If they win, great, cool. We can say, like, our coach helped create that. But if you go win and you're not recruiting guys to your school, you're losing guys – to the conference school that you have to beat because no, you, you know I, that's kind of how I see it but you know it, it's it's a tough situation nonetheless and I think it those types of decisions I wish that they could just wait until after the season where there was like a free agency period to sign coaches but hey, it, it is what it is uh, Stanford, Texas, you know, game one, Stanford implodes and game three, Texas loses just in an unbelievable fashion. Um, Jim, you were talking about it earlier, you know, Stanford, the team that you picked, you think they, they deserve to go to Omaha? Yeah. Um, I mean, before we get to last play game one though, I honestly thought Texas was going to win the series. Um, texted Randy right after, cause I know you were sick at the time and said the way they fell apart, it was kind of no different than Oral dropping to 8 to nothing, right? Because I felt the same way about Oral. I, I just didn't see how a team bounced back like that. You gave up five runs, only giving up one hit. It's just unheard of. Your two outfielders collided to let two runs come around. Um, it was just – it was epic how they melted down, and so I honestly thought they were done. As far as game three, I think what saves that story from being worse than it really is is that Dylan Campbell – is arguably the best right fielder in baseball, and even had Sports Center's number one play the inning before. Um, weird dynamic. Talk about something you've never seen before. A guy yeah. that lost it in the lights and got walked off for Omaha also had the number one play that night on Sports Center. But you know, I'll use a I use a guy like Tanner Allen. He put a tweet out there um, and said it's the worst feeling in the world as an outfielder when. He said he's been in that situation when you can't see it in the ball, but he's never had that situation in that moment, right? Um, it's happened to every outfielder who's ever played the game. But for it to happen at that moment, and it wasn't just him, right? It was the center fielder. It was the second baseman. Nobody could see it. It was the wildest thing. Um, you hate it for them to lose that way. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of like Dylan said, you know, you, you, you got to be lucky sometimes and you win how you win, right? For Sure. And uh, and we and we mentioned it earlier. Uh, I, I want to ask you about this on air because we talked about it off air. How are you feeling about having him go 158 pitches? I mean, you got to win. That's that's the key. Um, when you, it, it would be a shame to do that for nothing. So okay, pans out. It works. I think. Um, well, the they're, 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 is enough to have enough rest to go out and, and start a game and, and be good. I think where he's going to fall into trouble is when he gets to that 60, 70 pitch mark in this next start. Now, how am I feeling? Right. Well, the interesting part was, you know, the, they 
got off the coach because Quinn Matthews said that he had requested. But usually guys don't get what they request. Like Randy can even talk – we can talk about Tennessee on Monday. Drew Beam literally was adamant that Tony Vitello not come get him, and Tony came and got him anyway. Just because a player doesn't want to come out usually. And so I'm surprised that the coach didn't say, bro, I can't have you go any further. Yeah, this is – so this is – and I'll, I'll give you guys a little, a little peek behind the red – the velvet rope here. That's a conversation that at the beginning of the season, most ball clubs have with pitchers. And it, it's something to the effect that there are times where I'm going to listen to you, but you have to understand that when I take you out of the ball game, it's not a character flaw. It's not a personal vendetta. It's not anything other than we need to win the baseball game. And right now, what's telling me that what's going to give us the best chance to win the baseball game is if you come out. Um, what I do see, though, is these coaches, before they take them out, and I think Tony V is, is a great example of this, he gives you an opportunity to get yourself out of the inning. But if you don't, then you come out. So, like, you don't you, – you, you can't get mad about that. You, you, you were given a shot. You didn't do it. So, boom. Um, there you go. So, uh, staying, staying on Tennessee, um, you know, Tennessee through bad weather, fiasco, trashy fans in Hattiesburg, Randy, they, they, they get it done. Um, had to stay up late to, to, to watch it. You said it was worth it. Um, looking back on it now, is there anything that surprised you? Anything that concerns you? Anything that you're, you're hopeful about? No, I don't. I, I'm I'm hopeful that you know we saw dudes be dudes, right? We saw in that series that you know Doe gave up a four spot and just continued to battle through. We saw the bullpen be electric in almost every facet. They gave up one run in the series um, as a staff. So you know, I, I think that you know you touched on it too. Doe was given the opportunity to get himself out of the jam. Vitello gave him that. We saw in Baton Rouge that they got into an argument on the mound about coming out of the game where Tony V said, give me the effing ball. So, you know, that that's going to look, and, and I know that after the game, there was a conversation about it. Uh, you know, Jim and I had a conversation with a different pitcher, same concept, and they don't always agree. It's in a highly emotional game competitors. That's going to happen. Uh, but for me, I think that the hopeful part is the timely hitting. You saw Zane didn't be that guy. You saw Christian Moore be the guy. So I, I'm, I'm extremely hopeful that this team has the, the gumption at this point. And I think that it's, better for them to have battled the way they did than last year when they really didn't get tested until they it, it was too late and they ran up against a buzzsaw in Notre Dame. So I'm extremely hopeful. I'm not really concerned about a lot other than my guy, Blake Burke. I'm a little concerned because not only is he not having some non-competitive at-bats, he looks a little bit lost in his swing on breaking balls on strike but, two. But he did. looks like he's doing too much. Like he's trying – like. Yeah, he's he's trying too hard. If that makes sense, hundred percent. He did hit one four hundred seventy nine feet off a church, and oh, yeah. it was on a and on on a Sunday. So I think it's a hate crime. Um, but no, uh, he absolutely killed that. And Daniel, I don't know if you knew this, but that would have been the fourth longest home run in the MLB this year. Tattooed it. Um, I I got a note on a. A game note and non-game note. Uh, 
First of all, shout out to Tennessee players and coaches after the game. People were too busy villainizing Tennessee to pay attention to the fact that they went over to Scott Berry and gave him a proper send off. Um, you know, it, it it gets lost and all that. They were very classy, and and I thought it was it was a big deal. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, with the way they were treated all weekend, you could hear the hot mic and what the fans were yelling. They sat under bleachers during a lightning storm for like seven hours. Talk about hard to come back and play for them. The delay with itself, they they got pictures. They just looked uncomfortable. And so with everything they had to do to be classy in the end, um, I, I thought was very, very huge of them. And the NCAA honestly took a black eye on this matchup because Tennessee should have been at home and they had perfect weather all weekend. Maybe let me ask you a question before we move on. Uh, as a guy, you know, you've said some things. Uh, you, you're not totally against all the celebrations, but I, I kind of feel like this Tennessee team in 2023 wears the 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 stain, for lack of a better term, for 2022 and maybe even 2021. And and I don't think they've done enough to deserve that because they don't. You don't see the Drew Gilbert bat flip to the moons, and you, you see some celebrations in Chase Burns. But I don't think if you're just looking at this in a vacuum, if you just saw Chase Burns do that and you didn't know about last year's Tennessee team, do people still react the same way? Yeah, unfortunately. I think you're seeing a lot of people talk about Burns and they don't even know him. No. They, they they see what he does, what he did, and they don't even know the guy. They, they just go, oh, that's uncalled. Just... The, the the thing about the throat slash was it would be one thing if it was directed at them. It was coming into his own dugout and his own guys. And really the biggest thing that happened that was classless this weekend was by our guest from Southern Miss. He literally, Dolander struck him out and he looked at him and told him he sucked. And then <laughs> Dolander, beautiful. Scoreboard. For as many times in my life I've heard somebody say scoreboard, to watch Dolander turn around and point to the scoreboard and say it and just have the biggest grin on his face was Amazing. All right, Jim, this is your chance. LSU cruises past Kentucky. And really, I, I see what you did in the notes there um, with cruises. Uh, yeah, they, they they zoom past those guys. I'll, I'll ask you the same thing. What did you like? What did you not like? Anything concerned and anything you're hopeful for moving forward? Um, what I liked was Trey Morgan got hot. Gavin Dugas got back on track. Um, if we're going to talk about in off the bench guest, um, you know, Beloso, huge bomb, uh, just, you know, on top, on top of Trey Morgan, it's just skeins was lights out. I feel really good. Gavin Guidry, um, another season eight guest that'll be coming up, um, closed it down as a freshman. He's got ice water in his veins. I just, I feel really, really good about this team. They looked really good. Kentucky, there was concerns because they actually gave, LSU a little bit of trouble, but they did not in this game um, or in this series. Um, what's unfortunate about both series, you know, we root for our guests, right? Um, I, I genuinely mean that. It's a shame that Southern Miss' last AB was Dustin Dickerson and Kentucky's last AB was Hunter Gilliam. Mm. I think it was poetic that Dustin Dickerson was the last AB because – I, I look mad respect. I can't wait for this to come full circle. And he well, had no, the a reason he say. After he hit his bomb, he showed out, and that that squatting down and taking the picture that yeah. became an instant meme. That and him crying yeah. came instant memes after that series. 
Yeah, and nothing but respect for Dustin Dickerson. Obviously, former guest of the show. Uh, mad respect. Great ball player. But he had a lot to say. So the that's the way the ball bounces in baseball when you say a lot. And, and it's not like he just barely hit the ball. That was a line drive shot. It just happened to be right at Blake Burke. Uh, so poetic, poetic into it all. Another thing to give the shout out to is our boy, Burt Scott got, you know, he taken up for Tony Vitello's dad. You talked about trashy fans. They were throwing cups and drinks at Greg Vitello, Tony Vitello's father. So Burt Scott, Christian Scott's father goes over there, takes up for him. They get, he gets kicked out with the Southern Miss fan. And then they end up letting Burt Scott back in. And so just shout out to Burt Scott and, Look, if you're in the stands, man, at a baseball game, don't throw stuff at other fans. It's ridiculous. Everybody so, wants to talk about the mustard bottles and make the jokes and da 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 da. Come on, man. Hey, if if we you lose, you know what the, the most trashy, like low class move is when you go to a game and you pick a fight with opposing fans, like that are just there to watch the game, and you say something when like. They got their kids there and they're going to watch a game and enjoy themselves and they don't get to see their team play. So they save up all this money and they, they spend it to, to go for this experience to have a good time with their family. And they have to deal with people saying dumb shit to them. Like, give me a well, break. And, that, and that's what I was going to bring up to you guys. So remember last year I said Hattiesburg was the worst experience I ever had. Most people said that was because LSU lost. As y'all remember, uh, they won both games I was there. I left before they lost. So the experience came at the cost of winning. And this is to quote Bert's message to me. They've disrespected uh, the parents, the coach's parents, the players. He said, I cannot wait to get out of this hellhole in all capitals. I was not kidding last year when I said how that fan base was. And I don't think we have very many Southern Miss listeners. If we do, I'm sorry. But – I felt the way I did last year, and Tennessee was treated with the uh, same way. Well, nonetheless, we have got our eight teams ready for Omaha. Jim's bags are packed. He's ready to go, heading out tomorrow morning. Um, it's going to be a good good weekend for you, Good good slate of matchups that you're going to get to see. But before we get out of here, let's do a little last call. I'll go ahead and start this thing. I got one for both of y'all. Randy, I got to know. How did the coaching debut go? <laughs> coaching debut, uh, we start off the day with a big victory. There you go. That's that's the hardest one to get, the first one. That's right. Then we had a long delay, uh, ran into a, a a really good team, had some things not go our way, lost the other one. Then we were at a four-hour delay. And right as we're getting ready to warm up, the bottom falls out, lightning comes we're, well, I don't even remember where we were now. We were in Iuka, Mississippi. So if you, I don't know if you've ever been there, but don't I don't recommend going. It's a little bit better than Hattiesburg, so I hear. Yeah, it's maybe a little. But all I got to say about that is we got rained out one and one on the day. So, you know, look, my first debut last year as a head coach, I won a, that belt right there behind me. I had goals. This time I was getting another one. Rain got in the – Mother Nature's undefeated, DB. Undefeated, that's right. And, Jim, for you – Happy birthday, man. It's uh you got about an hour on the East Coast before your birthday. But hey man, I appreciate you. Hope you have a great weekend, a great birthday. Hope you get everything that you want. I appreciate it. And and that's where my uh shout out was gonna go. Not myself, but my wife right now when when said what I wanted for my birthday, she is making me some more shirts for Omaha. We will have on debut for the first time uh, and off the bench. 
Paul Skeen shirt and off the bench, Nick Kirk shirt. Those are, those are my two new ones. I'm getting a, uh, another Joe bear made. Oh, Trey Richardson, you know, going to the TCU game. And then little Jax is going to have Tommy Hawk, another plug for another season eight guest uh, to go with his Cesare and Wilkin for, for wake. And then for LSU to add to his repertoire, he's getting Braden Joe bear. So Wife's making some fire shirts so we can represent in off the bench and our guests from multiple different teams. The only team that I do not have one made for is Tennessee. And what I have decided is when Tennessee plays and they're not playing LSU, Randy knows what I'm aware. The Evan Russell jersey all day. Evan Russell jersey, baby. Shout out to the GOAT. It's going to be awkward that you're not going to have an in off the bench oral shirt. <laughs> I just want one that says grow the game hashtag oral magic. Hey, do what you got to do. Just have a big mouth on the back of it. Daniel, before we get off this episode, we talk about Twitter a lot. Um, Kevin Joe Burr, who's arguing with Randy and Randy tag me right now. We would have asked, and I'm bringing this up to you for a reason, Daniel, because it, it involves you particularly with the team you root for. We would have absolutely lost game three in Columbia, South Carolina, had we played it. He's he's saying he's he's talking smack ab- about Tennessee, which led to Randy saying we took two out of three in Columbia, unlike some teams. And he said, had we played a third game, we would have absolutely won. Um, that was when we had no day three starter that could not get whooped up on. And bullpen was definitely not doing their thing. And South Carolina, only reason we won game two was because they fell apart. Um, I was so happy to take a tie, which you hate. 1-1 one, one, and get the hell out of Columbia. Yeah, it's uh, it was really at that point in the season, LSU was not the same team and neither was South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina was trending up and LSU was taking a step back. But all right, Randy, any, any last call, any words of wisdom before we get up out of here? No, man, happy birthday, Jim, and safe travels to Omaha, baby. Rep the pod, IOTB, till we die. That's right. All right, let's let's get up out of here. Another great episode. Um, we have to talk Omaha, man. It it seems like just yesterday we were talking about preseason rankings and getting all everybody all worked up on our top twenty fives, and now here we are at the very end, the culminating point uh, of the season. Uh, I want to thank Dylan DeLucia for joining us. It was good catching up with him, getting an update on his injury status. Looks like he's on the road to recovery. He's getting ready to to do big things. So we'll we'll have him back, you know, in a month or so, try to check in on him, see how he's doing. Uh, but for season eight, it is upon us. It'll be here soon. If you like what you heard tonight or you just like hearing us average joes talk x's and o's you know what to do head on over to facebook like share the podcast go to twitter retweet us don't be photoshopping us don't be doing no crazy stuff just just go to twitter and be nice uh listen and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor as always comments ratings feedback thumbs up likes hearts hugs love we'll take it all we got season eight coming at you in a couple of weeks. We got episode one with Andrew Lindsay, who could potentially be a national champion, guys. Potentially. He's got a 12.5% chance of being a national <laughs> champion. That's pretty good. Pretty good, right? 
But anyhow, you you got a sneak peek of some of the things in store for season eight. Appreciate well, let's, let's be clear, Daniel. We got a fifty percent chance with our lineup. Uh, no, wait, we got five out of eight. What's that? Somebody do the math. Anyway, we got more than a fifty percent chance of having a national champion on in season eight. Hey, let's get it. Let's get it. Thank you to all the fans, all the supporters, all the listeners. We'll continue to grow the game as always. Grow your love, grow your support, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Who knows? We might throw a little special edition out there. You never know. Some little some nuggets. But this has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.